Hi everybody, welcome to Anna Perez World. Today we're gonna be talking about some really cool stuff because apparently everybody seems to be doing it. All age ranges, because I've actually met grandmas and grandpas that are, yes, online dating and that are dating on apps. So that's what we're gonna be talking about, when technology meets dating. Because 40% of Americans are trying to find their significant other, that one true love. People want TLC, or they just want a little hookup every now and then. That is if you're single. I'm sure there's a little percentage in there of people that are married also doing it. But did you guys know this was a $1.8 billion industry? Yeah, and I only think it's going to be rising because right now it's Friday night and I'm sure there's a, about 1,000 swipes a second because everybody is desperate to find that one true love to meet them and never swipe again. And I wish you guys all the luck in the world. But right now we're going to start. One of the reasons I picked... Uh, to talk about technology and dating was because my dear sister, Gina Elaine Holland, that is no longer with us because she lost her battle to cancer, ovarian cancer, was an avid online dater, so much so that she met the love of her life. And this story uh, is very unique. I think I should actually write a book or make a movie about it because I lived in Panama a small country that connects uh, the United States of America, I mean, North America to South America. We are in Central America, the Republic of Panama. And I'm a bit known, well-known in Panama. So online dating, to me, was completely off, like, limits. I would have never done it. This was in 2007. So my sister... Uh, was diagnosed with cancer, and uh, she went online and met this wonderful guy that I love very much, Dan, and he ended up marrying her and being with her all through her battle with cancer. And um, she was like, little sister, you have to get online dating. You have to get on one of these sites. So she opened up an account for me in Washington, D.C., and she acted as if she was me. She put my pictures up. She spoke to them. She, yes, ladies and gentlemen, even sent somebody all the way to Panama to go out on a date with me, and he was a very smart gentleman, worked at Nassau, and um, very kind, very well-spoken. The only thing is we did not have chemistry. So that's one of the things I'm going to be talking to you, you guys about uh, more ahead in the podcast. But um, she eventually got um, a bunch of pictures of mine, and I don't know where she got them, and she put them all on my uh, account. And that happened for like a year until I went into my account and I actually saw the pictures and I was flabbergasted because I couldn't believe she had all these pictures of me. You see, in Panama, everybody is very close-minded and I was running for mayor and I was uh, 
well-known personality and I was dreading that somebody would put it in the newspaper that I was desperate to find a man than I was on da online dating sites. So we kept that hush-hush and um, I'm gonna tell you guys up ahead in the podcast before I finish the um, the continuation of this story because it's super funny and super interesting because she did it for a while. Uh, so first, let's talk about the data on online dating. As you guys know, 40% of Americans are using online dating. <clears throat> it's a $1.8 billion industry, and I don't see that getting any less. I think it's going to be growing and growing more and more. More men use it than women. I read that more men are on Tinder, so women have more of an opportunity on Tinder to meet more men. But I love Bumble because Bumble, the women are a little bit more empowered. And um, the statistics have shown that uh, women that are on Bumble are more rounded and more together and more the kind of women that men would want to settle down with. So for women, online dating statistics show that women's desirability online peaks at 21. Huh. I think uh, all ages are peaking, actually, because everybody is starting to, to get the, the hang of it. But at 26, women have more online pursuers than men, whereas at 48, men have twice as many online pursuers as women. A ver, let's see. Why do you think men have more online pursuers at 48? I think it's a common sense kind of thing. I think a man at 48 has his thing together. I mean, has his job, has a stability, can invite young ladies out and even on trips. So maybe that's why that's happening. Anyways, 50% of people are lying about age, weight, and job. So you got to be very careful. I like because I do uh, have two apps open. Not open right now, but I use two apps. I'm single at the moment. I'm on Bumble and I am on Tinder. I heard about this coffee and bagel one, but I think Bumble and Tinder are the ones that you have a better, better ratio. And being in Austin and being you know, an Austin resident, I really like Bumble because uh, Bumble is here and the CEO is uh, this girl that I think is really amazing. She um, is got her shit together and knows exactly how women feel and empowered women uh, don't want men, you know, being nasty and sending them pictures that they don't want to see or just saying stupid things. And apparently, you know, here on Bumble, you have the opportunity to actually make the first move uh, and do things that you, you know, in Tinder, the guy makes the first move. But I actually have friends, too, that are very Latina and very conservative, and they like for the guys to make the first move. So go figure. Each to his own, right? Uh, back to 53% of people are lying about age, weight, and job. So I think they should, uh, or if you're on one of these apps, or um, you should ask for their Facebook pages and, you know, a little bit more information so you can actually see if uh, this is true. I 
honestly think that the whole chatting for thousands of hours or days is just too much. I'm more of an old-fashioned kind of girl. I think uh, you should actually get on the phone and talk to that person and see what that person sounds like. If they're intellectual the way you want them to be, if they're cultured the way you want them to be, if their voice sounds like a voice that you would want to meet. You know, what if somebody gets on the phone and the tone of their voice just is freaking annoying and you don't want to, you know, have anything to do with that person because you can't see yourself married to a person until the end of your lifetime that has an annoying voice. <laughs> you never know. So I think it should be a little bit more focused on the calling the person and actually having a conversation. I had a, an incident with, with a guy who was like, what do you, what do you mean you want to talk? I was like, uh, yeah, you don't want to talk? Uh, no, this is too soon. And uh, I completely unmatched him in less than a millisecond because that wasn't for me. I think uh, people should be a little bit more personal. And, you know, after you have that conversation, you should even go and um, have a video chat with that person and see what he's like, see what he looks like, see what she looks like, see what she's like. Um, and then get, you know, what's your Facebook, what's your Instagram, so you can have like a little background check and see if that person actually weighs what he, he or she says they weigh. And if that person actually has the job, I don't know. I'm more of a background check person, you know. Um, I'm, I'm, uh, yeah. People could be serial killers. People could have all kinds of situations that you don't know about. So you got to do those background checks, people. Did you guys know that the majority of women are looking for a relationship? But 33% are willing to have sex on the first date. When I read that, that's when I realized guys that are idiots on these chats or on these apps or on online dating, they're doing it because apparently it works with 33% of women. 33% of women are willing to have sex on the first date. 33%. So they're being atorrantes, which is, I don't know, how would you say that in English? They're being ass wipes <laughs> because women are falling for it. 33% of women are falling for this. We have a 20% chance of having a loving relationship if we date online. That is pretty low, but I believe it's worth it. 20% is worth it, guys and gals. I think it's way worth it. People are more interested in looks or in what your interests are. Guess it's interests. More people share interests than looks. And if you have somebody that's really into the looks, eh, they could have a little bit of narcissistic qualities. So let's get into the history of love and technology. Did you guys know that in 1685, all of this started? The first known personal ads appear in 1685. That's crazy. Then 1870, a first newspaper for singles, the Matrimonial News. This publication was in the gold rush San Francisco era. 
men would pay 25 cents, which is equivalent to $4.50 today, and women could post for free. That whole, you know, when you go out to bars or when I used to go out to bars, because I don't do that actually anymore, but you would get in for free and then the guys would have to pay. So that was kind of like the same concept. But by the 1900s, there was no fewer than 20 similar publications. So people were catching on. Dang, started in 1870, who knew? Then, 1910s, with growing acceptance of ads, the lonely soldiers of World War I and women connected over personal ads. Very romantic. So we're going to flash forward to 2000. In San Francisco, Craigslist begins offering free personal ads. And we all know what that turned into. <laughs> okay. Yeah, they were doing a lot of, uh, I think, uh, prostitution and stuff like that was coming out of there. And they had to take it or rebrand or do something. I don't know. So in 1940s, a Newark-based company, Introduction, uses data as foundation of a matchmaking service for social equivalents. And that contact information for the match was costing 25 cents in the 1940s. So 1959, a Stanford student project becomes the first known computer dating service when an IBM 650 determines similarities between 98 subjects based on 30 question profile. So they did a 30 question profile and uh, it was only 98 subjects. Pretty interesting. 1959. We're going to go to 1965. Harvard student Tar co-founds Operation Match. It was used to, it was used by more than a million daters in the 1960s. I wonder, but these daters must have been, I don't know, the ones that were in all these schools and knew about it at first. Or I wonder how they got the daters to be part of this. Because um, million, that's a lot for 1965. Also in 1965, with increased sophistication, 100 questions, an IBM 1400 series computer starts in New York City's first computer dating service. Tact opens. Despite thousands of customers, a co-founder believes computer dating is a fad and leaves the company. Little did he know <laughs> that people were going to be meeting their significant others and hookups and just swipe left, swipe right, 24,000 hours a day. Little did he know. In 2004, 40 years after Operation Match, four Harvard students launch what would become OkCupid. OkCupid seems to be working for a lot of people. It's a little bit more serious than just the dating apps that you just got to swipe left or swipe right. A lot of my friends that I spoke to about OkCupid say that you can get a lot more information based uh, about the other person on OkCupid, and you can do a little bit of um, research. 2007, Scientific Match and Gene Partner launch. 2012, psychologists analyze online dating sites and report there's little reason to believe in compatibility algorithms. I was reading about that also. Algorithms, they don't think they are working. Uh, that just goes to show that 
The compatibility is when you meet somebody in person. You either have chemistry or you do not. So, you know, I believe in the, if you see, look at that person and you feel love or sometimes it grows into there, but you have to have some kind of chemistry or some kind of interest to have that compatibility, which was kind of uh, surprising to me that the algorithms actually didn't, they, they, they can't put a, a finger on it if it works or not. Uh, 2005, three PayPal employees dream up a video dating site called TuneIn Hookup, like the photo voting site, hot or not, but with user up, but with user uploaded video. Okay, user uploaded video. They scrap the idea and instead create. Guess what, guys? YouTube. <laughs> so YouTube was initially a dating hookup site. That's pretty interesting. So that's a little bit of history of uh, technology and love, guys. And I want to know what apps work for you guys best. Tinder, Bumble, um, the coffee and bagel one, the OkCupid, if you've gone on online dating sites. And there's actually uh, dating counselors, or you can contract or you can get a counselor that helps you online to introduce to you other people that are like you. They kind of do the research for you, which you could say that's technology as well. I think that's pretty interesting. Only thing is, it's a little bit more expensive. So if you guys have um, a story that you guys would want to talk to me about, please send me your story, send me your nightmare story, send me your love story to perezmckenzie at gmail.com. I would love to hear it and even interview you guys. Um, also, before I finish, I wanted to talk about chatting versus speaking. Like I said, I would rather speak to the person, chat with the person, video chat, not just chat can't go chatting your life away. It's not going to work. If you want to meet the person that's going to be the love of your life and you don't want to waste time, get to talking, get to video chatting, and that's going to make everything a lot more faster is what I think. I don't know. But back to my sister's story. So apparently there was this one guy, because my sister would talk to the guys and then she'd tell them, you know, I'm not really Anna. Anna is my sister. She's very beautiful and intelligent. She was my number one fan, by the way. Anna's very intelligent and very beautiful, and she's so this and she's so that, and she lives in Panama. So you're going to have to go visit her in Panama, and I'm going to give you the contact information if she likes you, blah, 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 blah. So apparently this one guy didn't think that was too cool, and he told on us. And we were canceled. We were kicked off the site. <laughs> so that was the end of that story. Um, and I never found my uh, knight in shining armor. And my sister didn't have anything to do in those days that she was innately bored after chemotherapy and um, trying to get better. So it was a beautiful story. I wish I would have met somebody on uh, that 
voyage with me and my sister, but it was very fun and it's a great memory. And I always think about that now that she's not here with me. So um, anyways, tell me your story. Write me at perezmckenzie at gmail.com. I want to hear all about it and maybe even I'll interview you. So thanks for tuning in. And this was Anna Perez World. Ciao, ciao. Hope you meet the love of your life. Bye.